Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast here on CBS Sports. Happy July, July 1st. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. And Kyle, uh, just a, just just so much excitement as I am, uh, you know, whether I'm on the, the train or actually, you know, funny story. Uh, did you know, Kyle, that there is a Vancouver, Washington and a Vancouver, British Columbia? And that if you book a train ticket to Vancouver, Washington, that goes south when you meant to go north. So I was on a bus for a little bit, but I was on buses, trains, and planes. And on all of these forms of transportation, I enjoyed listening to uh, at least portions of some of the podcast work last week. And so uh, I I felt like y'all did such a good job. I had to come storming back in through the door and grab the microphone. We need to get sponsored by Wheels Up so you don't have to be on buses anymore. If we get sponsored Net by Jets. Wheels Up or NetJets, just bring it on because uh, <laughs> I would... Listen, that, that could get you to the open. That could get both of us at majors so that we don't have to be going one at home, one on the road. Like this there really, really opens up the possibilities. So, uh, you know, just slide up in the DMs. They're open. So Have, uh, you, ever, have you ever flown private? No, I have not. I did. I did it one time. I won't say with who. I'll oh. tell you later. Oh, I know with who. Does okay. It, does okay. it have to do with a uh, sporting event? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Are you sure you haven't <laughs> talked about that on this podcast? I probably have. I just don't. I don't want to like highlight it. But dude, it is. It's it, it's like life changing. <laughs> you get on you get on a regular plane. It's sort of like the like um like rich people version i guess of like being inside the ropes versus being in the gallery at a golf event sure once you're inside the ropes you're like well i can't i can't do anything else (laughs) i don't like now well now always find just regular you know coach you're like oh this isn't as good like this isn't even close (laughs) yeah they 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 say that if you fly first class half a dozen times it's difficult to ever go back and yeah I, I'm sure the the PJ is just the next step in that. <laughs> it really is. It's like a different. Uh, it's it's like a different form of transportation, honestly. Um. All right. So we are looking back at the weekend action, and there was a this. This is one of those fun like this is one of those stories where in the winter and sometimes it doesn't even result in the winter it just you know getting in contention going into the weekend at a pga tour event the the job of the broadcasters and the broadcast is to tell some of the stories and so we got uh we got a real glimpse into some some emotion some heartbreak and in nate lashley's journey to being the winner this weekend at the rocket mortgage classic and so I'll, I'll let you take the the helm on this because I know you're also working on a story because on one hand, we've got Nate's story. And on another hand, we've got this interesting wrinkle about how close, you know, how, how difficult it was for him to even be in the event. So I'll let you take lead here. But I do think there's a lot of fun angles to uh, breaking down Lashley at, right after his career changing win. 
Yeah, there is. You know, I think the first one is like bigger picture. And Porath and I talked about this a little bit last week. We recorded on Tuesday and he was talking about just and I said this. I was there's no way to like voice this without sounding ridiculous. But I said this on morning drive this morning on Golf Channel. I'm doing that this week. And it's almost like there's um, it's almost like there's two different tours. Like there's the tour that the top 12 guys play that we always talk about. And then there's the other tour that is so meaningful to the Nate Lashley's and the Kevin Nas and I don't know, I'm the Scott Stallings, like guys like that. And for him, like, and it makes, you know, I think that we get in or I get into this thing where it's like, do the non-majors even matter? And it's like, well, no, they don't to Fowler and DJ and Rory, but they really, really matter to these other guys. I mean, this is... It, this is a life-changing event, and I think – and Porath brought this up. He, he said he thinks this is what makes the PGA Tour really good and successful is when these stories get told. And I totally agree with that because uh, just of what it means to Lashley. But for me, like the 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 more interesting thing here – like his is his backstory awesome? Yes, of course. It's, it's so good and so meaningful, and people should go read everything they can about him. But – how about him even getting into this tournament? Right. I mean, he goes. He 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 tries to Monday in, uh, finish. I think he shot. I think it was uh, sixty nine or sixty eight, maybe. And I think sixty six was like a five for two playoff. So he finishes a couple out of the playoff. Then he's like third alternate. A bunch of people drop out. He's the last. I think he's the last guy in. And then he and then he ends up winning by six. I mean. It's it's ins- it's crazy like how like he went out and beat um, last place which was Smiley Kaufman who made his first cut in eighteen months by twenty five strokes he beat DJ by sixteen before DJ ejected for the weekend or maybe I think he beat him by like twelve anyway uh, it really just it shows you and this is my big thing it shows you how thin the margins are on the PGA Tour this. To to be able to not only get that opportunity, getting in at the last minute and then capitalize on it, like as the 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 competitor, I, just going into the mind of a competitor, I could think that you could carry on some of that uh, that energy, that momentum, that juice to to be able to propel yourself forward. It it has to be one of the most impressive things is after shooting a sixty three on Saturday to be in that position to sleep on that fifty four hole lead. And then to go in and uh, and back it up and like you mentioned, beat the rest of the field by eight strokes like that. Th- that sort of focus and to know that you know throughout your entire career, all you want is that opportunity. We always talk about win conversions. All golfers want is that opportunity to be able to convert a win, and then he's able to to go out and take care of business. Like there's there's not to me uh, a huge talking point necessarily about. You know, you know what? What does this mean for Nate Lashley going forward? His his career's changed, as we've mentioned already. But like, to to know that you have that ready in your mind and in with your game, like that to me is one of the toughest things about that other PGA Tour. You know, beyond the top twelve, when you've got the Scott Stallings, the Nate Lashleys, those players who are trying to not only work your way into the tournament, not only work your way into contention, but then to be able to hold off. Uh, the rest of the field, that stuff is just kind of mind blowing to me when I sit down and try to put myself in his shoes. 
Well, especially because like, so coming into this event, he didn't have a, a top 10 on the PGA tour in a non opposite field event. So his only top 10 was at, uh, I don't even, I think it was at Puerto Rico. So an opposite field event. And then he goes out and wins a, a tournament that has DJ Ricky and, and Gary Woodland and he wins it by six. I mean, it, it really is crazy. And I think, you know, I, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later with, um, with Victor Hovland, but I, you know, I think so two things. One is that I think it points to like the fact that not so we always talk about how we overvalue winning, but I think the PJ Tour overvalues winning a little bit as well in that um it's almost like the chasm between winning and finishing second or third is is wider than it should be. Mm. And so like it's it, it's like if you don't convert those one of those three like opportunities that you have, then it doesn't like it, it just, it doesn't match up with uh, how good you are for finishing second. So it, I'm not explaining this very well, but like, let's say Lashley goes out and gets beat by, let's say DJ has like an unbelievable week and beats him by one. Well, he Lashley was still like unreal in that week. And it, and it's like, he should get more than the second place finisher at a tournament like this gets like, you shouldn't, does that am I making any sense there? But like based on it's like who you are versus what your finish is, like there, it's almost like there should be sliding scales based on who we're talking about. No, not necessarily that, but just like so. Okay, so I'll do my Victor Hovland thing right now. So he he is. I just want to talk about Oklahoma State guys. Shout out to Christopher Ventura for winning on the Corn Ferry Tour. By the way, they changed the web.com tour while you were gone. No, we talked so, about the uh, KFC. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so Hovland finished T13. And, Isn't it the bucket? Yeah. The, yeah. The KFC bowl. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. I saw, I saw, uh, I saw, I saw Tron, uh, tweeting out like he got 500 kernels instead of 500 <laughs> web.com points. So, uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm up. We, we discussed it before I left and I have been in tune during my, uh, <laughs> during my scans of the golf world as I was gone. So Hovland finishes T13 and he gets, uh, 56 FedEx cup points. And if you finish, uh, Lashley got 500 FedEx cup points for winning second place, doc Redman, who I want to talk about in a second, got 300 and then third place gets 190 and i guess my point in that is like if you finish third on the pga tour like solo third in a given week like that's kind of that's kind of legit and you're only getting 190 fedex cup points and and so for hovland like he has to get to can't remember the number i think it's 350 to earn special temporary membership you almost can't do it in the seven sponsors exemptions that he's going to get unless you finish like third a couple times or second or win. And so I just, I, I just don't, I, I don't feel like the scale of what you get in terms of FedEx cup points, money, uh, exemption stuff for winning. I don't feel like it matches up. Uh, I think, I think what I'm saying is I think the PGA tour overvalues winning compared to like finishing second, third and fourth. And I don't know why I'm relating that to Lashley, but it's like it's almost like if he wouldn't have won, then you know he's just highlighting the fact that like his conversion rate right now is is 100. Like he's one for one, 
And if he if he hadn't done that, it's not as if he would have played worse golf. He just like it just feels like you should get more for for being way up there in in events like this. So you are totally focused on what it's going to take to get Victor Hovland the points that he needs, and it is ridiculous in your eyes that he could play that well, compete at a high level, beat all of these current full time pros who have established themselves in uh, in the world of professional golf, and uh, only receive but so many FedEx cup points. Yeah, I kind of am. Right. (laughs) But but here's my point. Like, okay. So we talk about like how Lashley's life has changed and and all of this is true. What if DJ goes out and shoots 27 under? Then he doesn't have his life is significantly less changed. Yeah, totally. Yeah. it's, 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 it's like, it's like a 180, and it just it doesn't feel like it should be like that. I don't know why I'm so I don't know why I'm so worked up about this. Do you want to talk about Doc Redman? Well, it's because we have a PGA Tour wins list, not a PGA Tour second place finish list. Yeah, I know, I I know, I know, I get it. Um, All right, so he, Doc Redman, I got to get this off my chest from the jump. We call Leesville High School Sleesville, big time rival in the conference of Broughton High School conference, you know, school of champs. There we go. So, uh, yeah, I can I can get over myself with this uh, this old Raleigh, North Carolina high school hatred, and I can support the idea that this young twenty one year old up and comer from Clemson really might be good. <laughs> Maybe he won the USAM, so that's not not nothing. But like, he hasn't done anything as a pro, and then all of a sudden. He get he 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 Monday sixty twos into this tournament, and he finishes second, and he gets he gets so by finishing second he got special temporary membership. He he's only got like three starts on the PGA Tour this year, and he got temporary membership because he finished second. Uh, hold on, let me pull up his finishes. So Doc Redman in twenty nineteen. He played Rocket Mortgage, finished second. He played Wells Fargo, finished T18. He played – that's it. That's all he's played in 2019 on the PGA Tour. When I, But when you say that he's he might be good, that also is different than he's going to be very successful on the PGA Tour. These are two very different things. But in the same discussion that we've had before where uh, there's so many guys who they were just the best player around growing up. I mean, he was – the, he was be, one of the best players in the state of North Carolina all four years of high school, uh, state champion as a senior. Like that's like I, I look at, I, I look at Redmond as that example of, um, the guy that you didn't, don't you have a story of like sitting in the 19th hole watching golf with someone and he was like, Oh yeah. Like I was, you know, yeah. the, the number one am, am at, at this age or that like being really, really good doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a successful PGA tour player and still him being so young. I'm just willing to say, yeah, he's really, really good, but then the rest is yet to be determined. Yeah. I just felt like when he turned pro, I was like, eh, okay. I mean, he's, he's fine. He's just not, I think he turned pro after his freshman year, sophomore year. And you're just like, uh, okay. And then he gets out on tour. He doesn't really do anything. I mean, he was ranked seven, 711 going into the Rocket Mortgage. Now he's 190. And I guess my point in all of that is just, again, like we talk about margins with Lashley. I mean, you go in on Monday 62 to get into this tournament. You finish second. He gets up and down on 18 on Sunday to finish second, get into the open, get the 300 points to secure temporary um, membership. And he's probably honestly like 
if he has another halfway decent finish, he's going to get his card for 2020. And we're talking about somebody who was on the, I mean, he was playing McKin- the McKenzie Tour. He's playing in Canada. He's not even on the Corn Ferry. The Colonels are not popping for, <laughs> for Doc, you know? And so, and, and so it's just, I don't know, man. It's a crazy sport, and, and you have every week, and this is what's fun about it. And this is why guys can't quit. It's, it's an addiction because every week, your life can be completely changed and everything about what you do can, can, you can go from like mediocre or pessimistic to like, wow, I'm ranked 190th in the world and I'm playing in the open and I'm a T11 at the John Deere from having my card for 2020. Uh, coming up on the other side, we'll get into stock up, stock down, including look at one of the world's best next it's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code first at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And now it's time for Stock Up, Stock Down, brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Taking a look back at uh, some of the takeaways from the weekend at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Stock Up, Stock Down. We're going to begin with Dustin Johnson. We mentioned his his name a couple times because uh, he goes uh, over 70, first two rounds, misses the cut. He and Gary Woodland among the, the big names to miss the cut at the event. The... 
you know, like, is, is this any major adjustment for you? I know you've got them and I, I can't imagine it's stock up, but I, I'm surprised that you might have a, a strong, a strong take. Well, I wanted to talk about him just because he was the biggest name in the, or the biggest talent in the field. I don't know. Ricky might've been the biggest name. Um, I, to me, it's like, it's sort of, uh, maybe this is what he needs. Maybe he needs to get on the Kepka plan. Like just, just eject at regular events and start winning majors. Uh, it's kind of stock the same, maybe slightly down for me. I don't, I don't love it when guys do this going into like a major in a couple weeks. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's playing again. Uh, it just, it becomes difficult to like, I don't know. And maybe it doesn't, but it's, it, it's just harder to pick somebody like that at a major than like, remember when Kepka finished fourth at the Nelson this year mm-hmm. going into the PGA you're know, like, well, well, he's going to win the PGA, and then he did. <laughs> right. Like, I, I don't know, and maybe it doesn't matter, but uh, he just didn't. He just played pretty poorly on a really easy course. So let me let me follow it up with this. I I will agree with stock down, especially with the big picture forecast. Because how about this? When we look at the golf season, like the Open Championship, ain't exactly when I'm picking DJ regularly. You know, DJ is a phenomenal golf talent, but just, you know, if we're picking him at major championships, I choose the other three majors before I finally land at the open. And so it's with the new rearranged schedule, it's so strange to be sitting here on July one and be like, has, have we seen all the good DJ golf that we're going to see this year? I mean, could he go and win a playoff event? Will he win another event later this year? Yeah, maybe. Sure. He can. He's one of the you know, best golfing talents in the world, but at least in terms of stock and at least in terms of, you know, the way that we talk about these golfers and, and how the, the 12 that matter stack up against each other kind of feels like all the good opportunities for DJ to thrive are all in the rear view. And to think that on July one, we're just kind of over DJ for 2019 is crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And I think it speaks both to him just kind of, I don't know. I'm still annoyed by the T35 at Pebble. You're just like, what? What is? What was that? You know, like just because he's dominated that place, and but also I think it speaks to uh, the season's almost over, man. Yeah, like, it's it's like this is it. We've got, I think nine weeks left, or eight, or seven, something like that. It's less than ten, and. So you're kind of getting into this thing of like, yeah, who's who's and look, DJ might win two of the three playoff events. I have no idea, but you're kind of running out of time to kind of, to stack up wins for 2019. When Dustin Johnson finished T two at the Masters, I was like, okay, let's go. Holes, yeah. you know, like this is we got Pebble, we got PGA. Like I just I, I was looking at it and I was like, this is gonna be awesome. And it just hasn't. If it's been it's been a disappointing year. He's not one of the big disappointments. I mean, we're still talking about what the number three player in the world, even still. Right. Yeah, but I'm. I I think that given the way the expectations were laid out following Augusta, I would agree with you. Stock down. Speaking of Augusta, how about former Masters champion Patrick Reed? uh, One of the big names that did uh, stand out. He finishes T five. Uh, at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. I didn't get a chance to put my eyes on Patrick Reed's game. Was there any one thing in particular that stood out to you? 
Uh, well, he's he's skinny now. Skinny P. Reed. Mm. Do you, how do you feel about that? I'm cool with it. I mean, everyone's listen as long as he as long as he brings it back and lets it go later. I'll be happy. By the way, somebody today floated this to me like you don't like there's a uh, there's a there's a curse on winning at Augusta. How? So if you go if you go um, Spieth in fifteen, he's not playing great. Uh, you go Danny Willett in sixteen, he dropped to four hundred and sixty two in the world last year. Uh, you go Sergio in seventeen, he missed seven straight major cuts. You go P. Reed in eighteen, he, we haven't really heard from him. Uh, the, the kicker was uh, Jennifer Cupcho. Uh, like she shot, I don't know what it was. Like she shot an 80, like in her first pro event or whatever. And she won the, I guess the national women's am. You're like, well, I guess it, I guess it applies there as well. Uh, no period. Um, I saw an article today. Like he, he's fired up about the president's cup, which is, which is just on brand. It's so hilarious. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. so good. It's like July, it's like June 30th, and he's talking about playing in Australia in December. <laughs> but um, there was a moment, the only reason I listed this is because there was a moment on Sunday. So he's playing 11, which is a par three, playing 220 on Sunday. And uh, he just, he hits his shot, and it comes up short of the green. Shot link tells me 42 feet short. And he said to his caddy, uh, well, that's as good as I can hit it. <laughs> and, and I, I just died. I was watching on a plane and I just lost it. And, uh, I just, the sport is more interesting and more fun whenever he's involved. It's just so great. Stock up for all of us. Yeah. With Patrick Reed. Totally. Right there in the mix. Also at T5 is Joaquin Neiman. You were early on the Joaquin Neiman train. Uh, you, you you submitted all of your uh, stock claims a long time ago, and now is it time to come and cash in? Are you selling off, or are you going to hold on to it? Yeah, the SEC um, is currently investigating how much <laughs> stock I... You bought Joaquin Neiman. <laughs> yeah. It's all gone. Me and Phil are under investigation right now. <laughs> Uh, he's, uh, he's playing great. Two top 10 finishes in a row. Uh, I think it's like, I think he's got like, uh, I want to say three top 15s in a row. Hold on. I'm pulling it up. He's got, so he was T five at, uh, at rock and mortgage. He was T five at travelers. Uh, he was T 31 at Canada T 27 at Memorial. Um, so he's just, I think, look, Joaquin Neiman is younger, like a lot younger than Victor Hovland. And so we think of him because he's been on tour a couple years, or I guess this is the second year, really. Um, we just He's just been more in the public eye in terms of the PGA Tour. And it's like, this dude's 20. Whoa. He, won't be tw- he won't be 21 until the end of 2019. And uh, I don't know. I just I, – I love that. And I think it matters to stack up that kind of experience when you're 19 and 20 years old. 1999 birthday, birth year? Uh, 1998. November 1998. Yeah. So he was not alive when Tiger won his first Masters. Right. He did not exist. Stock. 
soaring if you can, <laughs> if you can get it kyle's ready to take your money uh, and that has been stock up stock down brought to you by td ameritrade all right kyle before we get out of here we had the u.s senior open over the weekend um what steve stricker was the uh the, the headliner of the event and you were beating the table on morning drive i heard hollering about strokes gained from 2013 with Steve Stricker. <laughs> what kind of reception did that get from the rest of the, uh, the table? So I went back while you were, uh, I, I was just bored while you were on vacation and, uh, I went back and, and compiled all the strokes gained seasons since 2004, just fascinating takeaways. We should actually just do a whole pod on it. I was just deep in the process and, Stricker's 2013 is the, I think, 16th best strokes gain season ever recorded. 2013, Steve Stricker. All right, let's see. So that was like, that was, that was only six years ago. And my point in this is like, I think you're going to see more guys. I think, you know, the, the big one is like Phil next year. What, how's that going to go? What's he going to do with the, the senior tour? But you're going to see more guys. We because we're seeing guys dominate or not dominate, but play well for longer on the PGA Tour. All of a sudden, you get into this thing where it's like, man, somebody who's you know 51, like Stricker. I think Stricker's 52. They can just jump onto the Senior Tour. I mean, the thing that Stricker doesn't do well on the PGA Tour is he doesn't have the length. Well, that doesn't matter on the Senior Tour, and he's better than everybody else at all the other parts of his game. So it just it just translates really well um, to that type of golf. In 13 events that Stricker played in 2013, he made every single cut and had 11 top 25 finishes with eight top 10 finishes and four runner-ups. Yeah, it was a joke. By the way, uh, strokes gain stats, top three seasons since they started recording since 2004 – uh, Tiger 06, 07, 09. Number four, Rory 19. But inc- incomplete data. Well, crooked USGA. No, 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 no. Oh, wait, does are they gonna? Does that mean do they get to count the open stats in that, or does that have no majors? I don't. I, I don't remember. But uh, you're right about incomplete data in terms of the season's not over yet. Right, but because still. he's going to be number one after he wins the Open at Royal Portrush by seven strokes. <laughs> that would be a pretty great ending to uh, not only the the major schedule, but his sort of season. Well, it wouldn't be the end of his season, but. That'd be pretty cool. Well, because then then he gets to be player of the year. Then it's Rory versus Brooks for player of the year is the debate, right? Well, and he would have two majors according to the people distributing the player of the year award. Oh, with the players. <laughs> hey, man, you're in Florida. Be careful the way you talk. They'll come find you. I'm, I'm far enough away. Okay. <laughs> uh, anything else from the senior open stand out to you? Uh, Tom Watson shot his age three times. That's a joke. Um, that's just sick. That's unbelievable. And then, oh, I made a joke on Morning Drive today. You, I needed you there because it didn't go over as well as it did in my head. So the U.S. Senior Open was played at Notre Dame, the Notre Dame course. I can't remember what it's called. And I said there hasn't been – so Steve Stricker won by six. I said there hadn't been a blowout this big featuring Notre Dame since the last football game that Notre Dame played against Clemson. 
and no one was there to pick you up yeah it was uh it was it was crickety it was not it was not great um well you know what especially because we've we've moved on um if if you could have slipped in a Manti Tao's girlfriend joke in there too because that was always like when when that team got blown out by Alabama in the BCS national championship game, it was like, oh, Eddie Lacy just juked Manti Teo's girlfriend on that breakaway touchdown <laughs> run. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the senior, the, the PGA Tour champions, the PGA Tour and the European Tour all featured six-stroke wins on Sunday, which I thought was uh, was pretty interesting. Interesting. Any nothing, nothing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got, I got no, no kernel of insight <laughs> that I can, I can take from that. It, uh, what, what, wanna, and that everyone else just quit. This in all, it just happened to be a Sunday where if you weren't in the lead, you were like, ah, oh, let's just let's par this out and get our. No, checks. Doc Redman's trying to get into the open, and the other Rory, Rory Sabatini's trying to get into the open. So, guys, guys have stuff to play for. Do you want my side of the day? We've already talked about both these guys. Do you want it? Yeah, absolutely. So Victor Hovland, my guy. Is Victor Hovland better than Matthew Wolf, by the way? Yeah. I listen. <laughs> I I I said that. And I told and I told you that it was coming from a position where it was like I'm not it was right before they both made their first start of the Travelers and I just said I understand the body of work that Matthew Wolf has put together as an amateur and as a elite collegiate golfer, but I can tell you that based on just seeing the way that Victor Hovland played against pros in two major championships, I'm team Hovland. So there's a scenario in which, uh, Wolf is the like fourth guy from this, from last year's OSU title team to get his card. So, uh, Chris, Christopher Ventura won on the, uh, corn Ferry tour on Sunday. Hovland looks like he's, trending toward a card for next year depending on it, there's multiple ways he could get there and then you got zach boshu who just played in the rocket mortgage classic now i think i think wolf will look i think wolf's going to be awesome i think he's way better than boshu i think he's probably better i think he probably has more talent than hovland i'm not going to like lose my mind over two events but i'm going to start I'm going to start the campaign of like, was, was Matthew Wolf the fourth best player on OSU's title team <laughs> coming up after the break? My, that's my, my column. That's, that's the bolt. So, so was I, was Hovland over Wolf? Uh, Hovland over Wolf isn't like a, that's, that's not something that is controversial. No, that's not spicy, but I do think that like all along we were kind of like, wait, Wolf ceiling is, is higher. He's the one that was getting all the buzz, but then you look back and you're like, well, was that because of his swing or was it because, you know, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's less about Wolf being overrated and more about Hovland being underrated. Mm, got it. He is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS and you can see him on Tuesday and Wednesday on golf yep. channel, morning drive, 6 a.m. Eastern time to 10. Is that right? Uh, seven to nine. Seven. And then re, Replay from uh, 9 to 11. I didn't do my stat of the day, though. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so Victor Hovland uh, currently averaging more strokes gained off the tee per round than Rory McIlroy. That seems unsustainable. 
it seems highly unsustainable. He's averaging 1.3 strokes gained off the tee per round. Rory's at like 1.25. There's nobody else over one. Mm, so pretty impressive stuff so far. Anyway, that's how I got Chip. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, you need a nap. I need I need to like go to sleep for tomorrow right yeah, now. Absolutely. Uh, Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip.